everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. It's Wednesday, so lots of news has poured in regarding some injuries from this weekend, as well as some other updates that we will discuss, and we might as well check in on the playoff race as well as the MVP race. So all that and more coming up on Wake and Take. So sit back, relax, take out your coffee, and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome in everyone in the chat, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. Hope you're doing well. Anthony, I see you have a team in the finals. That's awesome. Congratulations on making it into the finals in your league. Good morning, Jess, as well. Good morning, T Real. Good morning, everyone hopping into the chat right now. Great to see you. We've got some news to discuss. And the first story, it's the big one. It's TJ Hawkinson, who officially, it has come out that he tore both his ACL and MCL and will be shut down for the rest of the season. Of course, right? I mean, we've only got a couple more games left. Basically, any injury at this point is going to be season-ending, but especially one as severe as a torn ACL and MCL. He should hopefully be good to go by 2024, but it might be a couple weeks in the season uh, before he can fully return. And then beyond that, you know, a couple games of just getting up to game speed and everything. But either way, should be able to recover. You guys know he's still young for tight end and all that fun stuff. So I wouldn't say that TJ Hawkinson loses much dynasty value, maybe a little bit to a win now team that has lost TJ Hawkinson. But all in all, I don't think you're going to miss too much in 2024 uh, at a position that is pretty thin, even with, you know, these upcoming tight ends that are that are making it a lot better, a lot deeper. But still an issue here uh, in terms of depth at the tight end position. If you've got TJ Hawkinson, it's probably most wise to just hold on to him unless you get a really nice offer of still like a Trey McBride plus or something like that, like tearing down a little bit, but still getting elite tight end production. However, what you're probably most interested in is what this can mean in terms of the Vikings pass catchers. As we know, TJ Hawkinson had been getting a ridiculous amount of targets down the stretch, especially the last few weeks, and that's going to be going away. So who is ready to benefit, especially now as we're in week 17, we're in the fantasy football championships. Who do you need to pick up? Who do you need to keep your eye on uh, to you know make up in the absence of TJ Hawkinson? And obviously the first thought would be, oh, we'll go get Josh Oliver. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily true. We've talked a few times here on uh, Wake and Take that these backup tight ends don't ever really step into the same amount of volume that their starter did. I don't think it's fair to expect uh, Josh Oliver to go in and get three targets or, or to get, you know, double-digit targets a game. Last week, when TJ Hawkinson got hurt, he had three targets. He only had three targets the rest of the game. And interestingly enough, Johnny Munt, the other backup tight end, had four targets. So he actually out-targeted him. Now, both of them had one reception. So basically what I'm saying is probably both, both Oliver and Munt will be asked to make up for TJ Hawkinson. And it won't be one or the other getting all of his volume. And in fact, I doubt that these two will even, you know, add up to the amount of volume that TJ Hawkinson was getting. I believe that this will mostly be sent to KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison, a few targets to Justin Jefferson, and maybe even Brandon Powell. We saw in this game where TJ Hawkinson went down, KJ Osborne actually had his best game of the season, five of seven targets, uh, 95 yards and a touchdown. 
doing a, a really a, a good bit. And I think that he should be able to continue that. I think this is going to be a guy who's going to get you at least five, six targets next week in these championships and maybe score a touchdown as he will probably take over the, 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 the area of the field that TJ Hawkinson did kind of running those short intermediate routes over the middle. So I think KJ Osborne, the biggest benefactor, as we saw, he had, you know, his biggest game when TJ Hawkinson went down. But I also do believe that Jordan Addison will get some work. He still had four targets last week. Justin Jefferson had 10 targets. Brandon Powell even had himself four targets. So I think everyone's going to get a small uptick. But I would probably wager that the biggest benefactor to this injury is not one of the backup tight ends, but actually K.J. Osborne, who, who's operating over there in the middle of the field this week. Uh, and, and of course, all season even. So KJ Osborne is the person I'm going to suggest to pick up. But if you are in a two tight end league, a deeper tight end league, or completely gone at the position, you can take a gamble on either Oliver or Munt. But you will definitely be needing a touchdown in order to actually feel good about that decision. So that's the TJ Hawkinson rundown. Um, let's go ahead and move on to another injury that we're seeing. There's less information on it, but Trevor Lawrence did sprain his right AC joint in his shoulder. Doug Peterson was the one who came out and said that. It is, as he said, too soon to tell if he'll be able to play against Carolina on Sunday, and really too soon to tell what the timetable is in general. I'm sure we'll find out some more later today, and we'll discuss it tomorrow as we learn more. I would probably wager that, I mean, let, let's just take a step back, right? With Trevor Lawrence, he had the high ankle sprain two weeks ago. Last week had the concussion that he pushed through. And now he has a shoulder injury that he's going to have to try to push through. If I'm the Jaguars, and I know as we look later into the playoff picture, I know that they have a lot hanging in the balance, not only for the division, but to make the playoffs in general. I know that that's a concern here, but you've got to let Trevor Lawrence sit for a week. I'm sorry. I don't care if he says he's 100% and can play Sunday. This is now three weeks in a row that this guy's picked up an injury. Let the guy sit and try to beat the Panthers with C.J. Beathard. That way he can get healthy for the Titans game in week 18 and then be good to go for the playoffs because their next two games are the Panthers and the Titans. Both of them must win games as they're tied for the division right now. Uh, the, that, that AFC South division is an extremely tight race. I know they can't afford to lose, but this Panthers game this week, I feel like is an easy enough one to go ahead and sit your quarterback and hope things work out. Now, I do also understand that this Jaguars team is completely decimated. We only would have Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, and Travis Etienne for CJ Beathard to work with, but still, but still, You've got to try to beat the Panthers without Trevor Lawrence. I think that it would be a complete disservice to the franchise to rush this guy back through the concussion, through the high ankle sprain, and now a sprained AC joint on his throwing shoulder. Let the guy rest a little bit, play some Beathard, and then reevaluate in the Titans week. But this is all me saying what I think they should do. We still don't know for sure, so we will keep you updated here on the Wake and Take I would just suggest to plan for the worst, maybe go ahead and pick up Beathard. And then if you have Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, or Travis Etienne, and your trade deadline is still available, maybe try to move them while they're still really, really hot, because I don't think they're going to have that big of a week in the championship. And then the next injury update we have is Jalen Waddle. This one is very interesting. We, again, don't know the exact time frame on this one, but Jalen Waddle did pick up a high ankle sprain this weekend. What's interesting about it is he did leave the game uh, and then come back in with it. 
Uh, that, and he had a little bit of a he had a run after the injury, which is just strange. I feel like especially with wide receivers, high ankle sprains are very, very bad and running backs like really anyone that actually has to move with the ball more than a quarterback. This is a very bad injury. So I would expect him to miss this week. But like we said, we saw him try to play through it already. Uh, so it it really depends. What we do know is that the Dolphins clinched the playoffs, but not the division. And so they will probably rest him as they've clinched the playoffs and then maybe see if they can win next week with him back just to make sure they can get that division under the belt. But I think that they can win a game without Waddle. And I think they'll probably be sitting him this week. But again, we don't know for sure. This is just me guessing and giving some speculation off of off of what we know about this injury, about the team's position. So with them already clinching the playoffs, with this being a pretty serious high ankle sprain, I would assume he misses at least, at least this week and potentially even week 18 as they maybe shut him down for the playoffs in, in particular. So if you've got him, you know, again, plan for the worst. Uh Durham Smythe finally got some usage, but I don't know if I really want to say that he steps up. Cedric Wilson is probably the guy my head goes to next as who would potentially be the biggest benefactor here. But ultimately, I think that that just means Tyreek Hill is going to get a ridiculous amount of volume and they'll probably lean on the run game a little bit more and perhaps some like screens with Devon Achan or something like that. But either way, Jalen Waddle, high ankle sprain, not looking like he will be playing this week. Let's see. That is it for injury news, but we do have some updates around players that have been injured. And the first one is Kenny Pickett slash Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph has been announced the starter this week, even though Pickett is expected to return this week. So Kenny Pickett's been out the last three weeks due to an injury. He's expected to be back this week, but Mason Rudolph kind of lit the world on fire this weekend, beating the divisional rival in the in the Bengals giving George Pickens the best game of his career, that Mike Tomlin has already come out and said Mason Rudolph is the starter for this week. Uh, he has not announced, you know, for the rest of the season. It's just a this week thing. But I would have to assume it's probably also a rest of season thing. We never saw really enough from Kenny Pickett, and Mason Rudolph looked pretty damn good. In fact, I was honestly surprised that they brought Trubisky in to begin with. I remember Rudolph, what, a, a couple seasons ago when he came in for Ben Roethlisberger? He was not the worst. Like, he was totally fine. <laughs> so I was surprised that they had ended up bringing in Trubisky. Uh, but either way, Mason Rudolph did good enough to earn this starting job uh, for the Steelers, relegate Mitchell Trubisky, and to be the quarterback this week. I do want to make a little joke. It is it is kind of funny and maybe interesting to note that Rudolph did have a really good game on Christmas weekend. He was perhaps powered up by his last name. I mean, that is when Rudolph works the hardest. So we'll see if he returns back to earth this week. I think that could be kind of funny. But either way, definitely better than Kenny Pickett at this point. And I would wager to say if you own Kenny Pickett in Dynasty, it's probably over. I think that he's probably going to get a chance again to start next year. I don't really see the Steelers going out and drafting someone, and I'm not sure what their cap situation is. I probably should have double-checked, but I can't imagine they have too much room to go out and get a really good quarterback on the open market either, given how much money they're, they're spending on like TJ Watt in particular. Uh, but I'm sure that they could maybe figure something out. It's not like the cap, the cap space is real anyway. Uh, my camera keeps like moving. <laughs> like way over. I have to keep sliding my chair. Um, but either way, 
Mason Rudolph starting quarterback this weekend. Kenny Pickett no longer starting. Some concerns going on around there. Uh, probably have to hold him in Dynasty. I mean, I've been trying to sell this dude, Kenny Pickett, in the Trade Gods Invitational League. I mean, really all season. And I, I can't even get a second for the guy. And, I, and I'm not going to sell him for a third. I don't really think that's fair. I think he'll still get one more chance probably next season. But Rudolph will have the rest of the way this year it's starting to look like. Next, we have a Jets update. The Jets have come out and said uh, that they have no regrets about not reaching out to Joe Flacco when Aaron Rodgers was injured. Robert Sala came out and says that it was an organizational decision and provided no specifics on to why they ignored Joe Flacco. Uh, I am very surprised that they would say that they have no regrets about this decision. Uh, if they had Joe Flacco still, they would probably still be in playoff contention but their malpractice in just rolling with Zach Wilson in rolling with Trevor Simeon has led to them being out of playoffs and to really being a pretty bad offense in general. Joe Flacco would have done better. And I really have no idea how they let him walk and Mike White when Aaron Rodgers came to town. I mean, I feel like they could have just used a pocket passing quarterback backup in case things went south, but it sounds like they got a bit too optimistic about the 40-year-old quarterback who had already lost a step in Green Bay and that didn't even really care about the backup position. And that's what's led them to be such a failure this season. Again, have no idea how they don't regret not keeping Joe Flacco. That makes no sense to me. But maybe he's just talking out of his ass. I don't really know how Robert Sawa could come out and say that. There's another update about this, though, that I found really interesting. Aaron Rodgers, as we all know, last week or maybe it was two weeks ago, time kind of flies. But he was activated off IR and they had to move a fullback into the practice squad to make room for him. And they came out and said after that that he will not be playing a game this season. So it didn't make sense for him to be activated onto the active roster. And Aaron Rodgers agrees. He actually came out this week and said that he asked to be put on season-ending IR. He asked not to be activated, and yet he still was. So I'm not sure what's going on on this Jets organization, to be completely honest with you. It sounds like turmoil. It sounds poorly run. And it sounds like no one knows what's going on down to the players, up to the people who are making the big decisions. It's really weird. They let these backup quarterbacks go, and they didn't even listen to Aaron Rodgers, who asked not to be put onto the active roster, asked to just be shut down this season. So it's strange situations going on out in New York. One other update we have regarding some quarterbacks is the Giants. The Giants are still not sure who will be starting this week. I think that that means Tyrod Taylor will be back out there. I firmly believe that if it were to be Tommy DeVito announced the starter, we would have already seen Brian Dable come out and say that Tommy DeVito will be the starter. But because they're kind of being wishy-washy on it, I believe they will be going back to Tyrod Taylor, who kind of unlocked Darius Slayton there at the end and brought some life to the offense after Tommy DeVito kind of fell off a cliff, lost the spark, and isn't really doing enough anymore. Uh, with them not coming out and announcing the starter, I think that that means the worst for Tommy DeVito managers. Again, if it's a young quarterback, right, and the team believed in him, I feel like the coach would have already come out and said, like, we still believe in our in our guy, Tommy DeVito. He had a rough game. We just sat him so Tyrod Taylor could just come in and we could see what he's got. But we're going back to uh, to DeVito. But they did not say that. In fact, they're being wishy-washy and not announcing anyone yet. So I think that suggests 
that they will be going with Mr. Tyrod Taylor. If Tyrod Taylor is available in your Superflex League, go ahead and pick him up. I mean, he's throwing the ball to Saquon Barkley. He's throwing the ball to Darren Waller. And Jalen Hyatt could also pop off at any minute. We saw Darius Slayton have the long, the long touchdown grab. So, I mean, at least a nice fantasy football floor this week for whoever is starting. And then... Finally, the last update I have for you guys revolves around Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, we had no idea what's going on with him. He came out a few weeks ago and said that he might actually be returning to Ohio State because he wants to beat Michigan. He wants to compete in the in the college football playoffs. But this week is the Cotton Bowl, and he is actually skipping out on practices, which suggests that he will also be sitting out of the Cotton Bowl which then also suggests that he will be declaring for the NFL draft. So keep your eye on this. I know a lot of us have been trading for 24 picks with the hopes of getting Marvin Harrison Jr. and then getting very concerned when he came out and said he kind of wants to return to Ohio State. It is looking like he will be going into the NFL as of now. We'll keep our updates on this. And as we you know switch from the regular season of NFL into playoffs, into rookie season, we'll keep updating you on everyone. But this was the biggest one so far. Marvin Harrison Jr. looking like he will for sure enter the NFL draft. So start getting your 2024 picks before it becomes official. When that does happen, I'm sure the market will start going crazy as we get all of this hype, all of these players starting to declare after these bowl games finish up. I think he's just taking his time, you know, soaking it all in. This is his last season at Ohio State, uh, you know, being with his team for this bowl game, giving them the support, and then he'll probably come out and say, all right, it's time for the NFL. So not practicing this week, looking like he'll skip out on the Cotton Bowl and enter the NFL draft. That is all the news and updates I have for you guys, but I will be sharing my screen here. And we will check in on the playoff picture as well as the MVP race. We'll start with the MVP race as I pull that up. We had some changes on this following Monday Night Football. Just a couple little updates. It was Brock Purdy. Who is it now, you ask? Well, the front runner for the MVP now is none other than Mr. Lamar Jackson, who is now the favorite to be the MVP at negative 184 odds. Christian McCaffrey is next, and then Tua, and then Brock Purdy, who has taken a tumble. He was the favorite heading into this weekend, but after throwing four interceptions and losing to the Ravens, he took a huge fall and actually went below Christian McCaffrey, which I think makes some sense to me. Lamar Jackson being the favorite, you know, makes sense as well as he's the quarterback for the for the for the for the number one team in the NFL right now. But I do have like a little bit of complaints about this. I don't know why, especially these last few weeks, this MVP race has been so short-sighted. It's been a new favorite every single week the last few. It's been Dak Prescott, it's been Tua, it's been Brock Purdy. And now it's Lamar. It's like, can we not just choose someone that we think is the best? And why does it have to be a quarterback that wins like the biggest matchup of the week? Why It should just be Christian McCaffrey. Can we all just agree here? Can we just give the award to Christian McCaffrey? I know it's a quarterback award, but like CMC is doing unbelievable things. Tyreek Hill all the way down here makes no sense. Like Tyreek Hill should be way higher. I know it's a quarterback award, but I feel like since all of these quarterbacks are kind of trading punches, we need a different, we need a skill position player this year. 
Like, there's no real argument for Lamar being a better MVP candidate than Tua, Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. The only argument is that the Ravens have won more games. But, I mean, Lamar Jackson's had some floor games in this one. It's just a, it's a weird award. I think, I think we need to change it. Maybe best by position every single year. But either way, we've got a couple more weeks before this closes out. As of now, Lamar is the MVP. And I would have to wager he probably ends up winning it unless Christian McCaffrey comes out of left field, closes out the year on fire as he has been. But it just seems like they want to give the award to a quarterback. And as of now, as he won the most recent big-time game, it's Lamar Jackson. And then let's check in on the playoff picture now as well. This is always fun. I mean, the playoffs are good. That's honestly my favorite part of the season. Winner go home for all of these teams. We had more teams clinch the playoffs. So last week it was just the Ravens, Niners, Eagles, and Cowboys. We have now clinched the playoffs for the Dolphins and Lions. Now, again, the Dolphins still haven't clinched the division. They need to win one more game, but they have clinched the playoffs. And, I mean, they probably also basically won the AFC East. What's the question mark is going to be is really the last spot on both sides. I think the Chiefs, Jaguars, Browns, Bills are probably all in, and the Buccaneers and the Rams are probably in uh, for, for the NFC. And then we just have these question marks around the Colts and question marks around the Seahawks. What's interesting here is if you go to the bubble, you see that the Texans are right there, the Bengals and Steelers are right there on the AFC South. But with the Colts being the seven seed, they actually face off against the Texans in week 18. So that's going to be the decider. It's going to be one of the Colts or the Texans here in the seven seed we won't have three AFC South teams. The Browns are definitely in. I think the Bills will close out the year well. And I can't imagine the Jaguars end up losing the playoff berth, even if they go on a little bit of a skid. I think they'll still make it in. And that's really just because if you look, if you look at the schedule, the Bengals have the Chiefs and the Browns next. So that's probably two L's. And then the Steelers have the Seahawks and Ravens next which also are probably a couple L's, maybe one and one. So they're, both of these teams, the Bengals and Steelers, their season's done. So I'm just looking at that Week 18 Colts-Texans matchup to decide that final spot in the AFC. Otherwise, I think it's going to stay right around this. On the NFC side, again, I think that we're looking at the Rams making it in. I think the Buccaneers are definitely in. I believe they can clinch the division this week. Yeah, I think they can clinch the division this week with a win. Uh, and then I do believe that the Falcons, Saints, Packers, or Vikings, if they win out, and I think one of those teams could sneak in the Seahawks spot. Now the Seahawks and the Rams both have very, very uh, tough roads, or not tough roads to go, very, very high probabilities of making it at, with 88% chances. And what's actually interesting is if the Seahawks lose – they actually have a higher probability than the Rams. So maybe the Rams will fall out. Either way, I do think one of these West teams will fall out. Seahawks-Steelers is going to be a big game to watch this weekend. If the Steelers win it, we're going to have a 500 or less team sneak in. And hopefully, hopefully it's the Falcons, who actually have one of the highest percentages to get in, even if they lose out of everyone here. Uh, but we'll see, right? We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's heating up here as we close out the rest of the season. 
It's going to be fun to watch even after fantasy football closes out this week. We will have, of course, the playoffs to watch, the Week 18 winning in matchups, which are always fun. But that is everything I have for you guys. It has been fun to break down the news. Let's go ahead and check in real quick, see if you guys have any questions for me before we get you guys out of here. Let's see. Uh, will the Steelers acquire a quarterback? I think it really depends on who's on the market, how much money they have, who's leaving, where they end up in the draft. We'll probably be able to break this down a little bit clearer uh, after the season closes out and we know everything for sure. Uh, but I do believe that it's possible, but I think they'll probably give Pickett one more chance if I have to think. And yes, Stafford should be higher for uh, MVP. I like that. I like that for sure. All right. Any questions over here on Instagram? No. So that is everything. Thank you all very much for tuning in. This is another great episode of The Wake and Take. You guys are yet again a fantastic audience. I hope you all have a wonderfully wacky Wednesday and a terrific rest of your week. Have a fantastic day and a good week. I just said it, but peace.